It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Vent. This is Vent Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Get a cracking. Amelia. Nuruddin. Santos. Suprina. Vent Weekly. Everything is just too much right now, especially for black people. We need a minute just to process what's going on. So on today's episode, all four of us are coming together. This is the second half of our discussion with friend of the show, Linda Ade, in the wake of the death of George Floyd as a result of the actions of the Minneapolis police. Santos, you actually wanted to talk about how people claim the black culture when it suits them, but actually don't support black lives. See, that's a big one still, because mm-hmm. people of colour, we influence quite a lot of, you know, not just fashion, but obviously, like, with food and that. Like, seasoning is a big thing, isn't it? <laughs> seasoning Ciao. your food is a you big thing. And music-wise <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, these people who, like, these white people with white privilege... They'll be in their rooms listening to rap music. And there are white rappers, but most of the the hip-hop and rap genres, they're mostly, like, cultured people. You get what I'm saying? And But they're still banging it out in their room. And then you have the twisted Rather ones... white kids that go home to listen to Tupac. Exactly. And then you have the twisted ones that feel like they can say every word in the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. You get what I'm saying? Listen, Don't my first year of uni, I only... Listen, I only did one year of uni, yeah, and I saw the maddest things. There was karaoke night, yeah? <laughs> Boy, not going. Do I need to continue the story? No, no, finish <laughs> like, the karaoke night, on, And there was uh, this white girl, I, she was from somewhere in Europe. I don't think she was, like, from the UK, but still, like, she was white, innit? And she bless her. basically, yeah, she rapped the whole song and she just said the word. And, like, my, my friend, like, literally... It got him vexed, but he kept his calm. But obviously after, like, as soon as she got off stage, he had to go chat to her, innit? And he told her, like, yo, what you did is not cool. Because, like, it was at the student bar as well, innit? So, like... Oh, my God, so it's public. Exactly. And the thing is, like, people looked at her like it was weird, but no one was ready to actually say something to her. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And my guy was like, I'm I'm not going to let this slide. Are you mad? So he had to go G-check her. And I kind of had to not laugh because it was funny to see her, like, (laughs) shitting bricks. But I'm sure she learned her lesson from that still. To be honest, I feel like, um, you know, black culture influences everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, fashion, food, music, but even lingo. Think about slang. 
Yeah. Like slang mm. is from the Caribbean. Like a lot of slang words, like I'll say to my mum, you know, like, when I'm when I was younger and I say certain things, my mum be like, You ain't fresh, you know, like that's that's from where I'm from. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like you're not fresh, you're not new. Like we've been saying that mm. when when we're back in the Caribbean and whatever, like we influence a lot of British culture in particular as well. Yeah. Um yeah. even even things to do with hair, wigs, um, mm-hmm. just you know like even acrylic nails like it's all like all those kind of like fashion styles were seen as ghetto they were ghetto wise they were kind of like you know you're made to seem like you're just shabby or like have no class but when a white person does it you know it's fine like like with mm. acrylics like with wigs and corn like cameras and all that kind of thing I just think like you know Kim Kardashian mm. profited off boxer her Kim K bro- boxer braids like that's what black girls do to like tie their hair up before they go to bed. Like, yeah, we've been we've been <laughs> doing. Mind, this all started from like nineteen forty eight because that's when like Caribbeans, well, the main Carib- Jamaicans came to the UK. Yeah, mm. and like from that post till what twenty twenty, it's a short period of time, mm-hmm. and in that time, the whole of England. The whole of the UK has been influenced by their lingo, as you were saying, Amelia. Every, every culture, yeah, hair, like I music, agree. food everything in the space of what 60 years but it's like you like everything black but you don't want to exactly. be black though yeah. because i don't know if you guys have seen that interview with that um white woman called jane elliott but she just basically asked like a whole white audience put your hand up if you'd love if you were happy to, you'd be happy to live oh yeah i saw experience. that i saw that and no, no, so they they put their hand up if you'd be happy they were to just looking what? at her i missed if that. you'd be happy to live as a black person like and experience what they experience put your hand up wow. and nobody could put no their hand did. up Wow. So it's just so you know like you're happy to to thrive off you know mm. our culture, our community, the things that we influence, which is pretty much everything. But to be a black black person, you wouldn't want to do it, and that's privilege. Yeah, they're not. You have it. the choice exactly. to dip in and out of a culture that you don't own or you don't contribute to in any way. But you can also dip back out and be like, well, at least I'm not going to be racially profiled in the middle of the street. Like at least I'm not at risk of being murdered by the police innocently yeah. just because I look suspicious. They have the privilege to dip in and out of a culture and that's why people don't like it when, you know, like white rappers, for example, like even just, mm. not even just say, like, say the N-word or, or don't say it, just even like, you know, other other forms of lingo, like, or talking about experiences that they probably didn't have, yeah. you know, people get aggy because it's just like, you never lived that life though, like, you're not from the See, end. See, I like, could never do that. <laughs> you're I not could from never the do that end. and rap about something that, I did not live like that would make no sense mm. and, and I'm, these guys I'm like, are saying this is the life I live on these exactly. streets bro that's not me like especially <laughs> if it's something I'm not doing I'm not why Why am I trying to be represented in a way that like you will listen to that but if you see me in the flesh I can't live up to that what you were saying um, about the whole privilege thing for me you know sometimes privilege isn't necessarily the fault of the person that has the privilege like I've got white friends that they have certain privileges, but what I do respect about them is the fact that they, they're aware of their privileges and they use their privilege to speak up for like, the oppressed mm-hmm. and for minorities. If, you've, if you know you have a place in society where people tend to listen to, mm. to you more loudly than they listen to others, why don't you yeah. start speaking up for people that, can't, that don't have a voice or don't have a seat at the table? So for me, it's like, yeah, maybe you, you um, realise that you don't want to live a black person's struggle, but you do love the culture, then speak up for the bloody culture, innit? Exactly. Like, I don't even mind. I'm welcoming you with both yeah. hands, but speak up for the culture. If you realise there are struggles that you can't, you. you can't take on, then why don't you just be a voice? 
That's that's my thing, and that's what the reason why exactly. I do I do really um, agree with the slogans that have been going around that say like silence is violence because mm-hmm. your silence is doing a mm-hmm. lot of harm. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could do so much with your voice, and yeah, it's a shame. But I do also. I was gonna say, sorry to jump in here, but I was gonna say, do you feel like something quite historic, something quite powerful is brewing? Like, do you think we're yeah, on the verge of some serious change, or is just? Yeah, 100%. I think it's happening already. Yeah, still. You, okay. I think it's more so because we have the time. Usually, before people are busy doing stuff, but because we're, we're in <laughs> people lockdown, got time right now. we've got time to fight. We've got time to do this because mm. usually people are like busy and and they don't want to see the facts. For example, on social media, so they can be busy with their lives, but yeah. you have to see it. You you ain't got nothing. It's to all do. in your you face on it. social media. Yeah, you can't you avoid, can't avoid it, it. It's in no, your face. Right, you know. And, like, people that are actually going out there to do something, like, God bless them, man. Yeah. God bless them. Exactly what Linda no, said, like, you know using what? your voice is exact. If you don't use your voice, like, you're basically committing a crime. Mm. Do you know what? It's mad, yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of white people who have kind of, um, I would say, in quote-unquote, fallen victim to a lot of black people calling them out. Yeah. But I think it's more to do with the fact that again like Supreme said we've got a lot of time on our hands and it's just it's kind of almost like a slap in the face when you see people like visibly avoiding the content on social media and posting parts yeah. of their life yeah, yeah. Like, like, we don't want to see a selfie like, of okay, you right nobody now nobody gives a shit about your dog so bro. do you know what I mean like no one cares about your little dog innit like why don't you sort like why don't you contribute to the discussion do you know- no but do you know what I hate that people hadn't post for like a week but when it came to blackout Tuesday they posted that blackout black Tuesday po- but is right. that what you done just posted that black picture like I understood yeah. the solidarity like I understood why people were posting it but I wasn't for it because you wasn't posting anything nah. out to to show your solidarity, especially brands. Like they were doing that a lot and, and the things that they're posting as well um, to show that they're in support. But I don't know if you guys saw the influencer, Jackie, yeah. the American yeah, influencer. Man, yeah, yeah. She, I'm a big fan. What she done, I think is amazing. And she held these brands to, that they made, she made them accountable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like how she said, um, to show us your stats, show us how many black people you have working in higher positions, not like as the models or the low ones, in mm. your high positions, like Listen, how many. And You know and them look, companies are sweating, innit? You know they're sweating <laughs> to find them employers. They, they hid. Like, they didn't show anything. <laughs> they hid. They pretended they didn't see it. But they're that's shaking, what they man. need to be doing instead of showing a picture of a black boxer or, or so posting, true. yeah, I stand with you. I'm not a trend, bruv. Like, this is not gonna. This is not something that you can just die out and like. You know, you're not even mm. tagging Black Lives Matter. You're just tagging ten friends like on a black screen and thinking that's gonna do something. Like I'm not a trend. My life is not a trend. I'm not something you can just decide like in in the heat of the moment when when you've got when you've got sweat on your neck. Now you want to choose or you want to reach out to black people in creative um like creative industries or look for black people to work for your company now what about before i don't understand why Mm -hmm. there even needs to be like a diversity and inclusion like rule for businesses why can't you just like hire me on my skill set i'm just it just pisses me off like yeah it's even more awkward when you see in people tweet about oh you know i might my dms are open for any black journals and any black writers and it's like but but bruv i know that you've actually been part of the people that have oppressed black journalists and black writers in your institution i've got st- mm-hmm. receipts for days it's like should i no, expose so this person or not no you're not even sure if you should expose or not i feel oh, no, like but... it's like that in most industries though yeah no because i've seen in, it not if not but, most all industries but guys do we have space to forgive and get over
over it and accept that people are, are, are wanting to change and unlearn things and wanting to open up their arms for... Um, for equality. They better change quick. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but are you really trying to change though? Yeah, you have you have to be accepting. You have to forgive. Mm. Well, you can't really forget what's happened. Mm. But like, you have to be able to forgive, like have that encompassing heart because it's that's you, do you know what I'm saying? Of all people like mm. making a change, this you feeling. It's, and if that takes you to feel that way, everyone can feel that way, mm. to allow change. And what you said, Linda, for people to unlearn things and try and be more open, we have to accept that. We have to, we have to like, know. be the bigger person. Well, mm. I, that's how I feel, mm. isn't it? Like, nah. My stance nah. is... Nah, I don't, don't fuck with that, I can't lie. i, I got to be encompassing. Mm. Well, so what do you think? No forgiveness, no? There's no... No, nah, do, do you know what? Yeah, it's not that, yeah. It's just that the whole idea of, like, having to be the bigger person, like, nah, oh, right. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, bruv. I'm but that's always been the case. I want to see action first. Like, I don't want to... I'm tired. I don't want to, like, exactly. you know, take it on the chin and be like, you know what, it's fine. People are willing to unlearn. Like, you've had fucking forever to unlearn, bruv. Like, I'm not... Sorry. I want to exactly. see you do it first and then, I'll, and then I will change my mind. But, you know, people can talk on social media because it looks good right now. You know, appearing to be an ally looks better than actually being one. Nobody knows what you're doing. Mm. When your businesses start hiring people in a proportionate amount, a proportionate amount of um, black representatives for your businesses, then we can start talking about forgiveness. But until then, me personally, I'm not about it. I don't, I don't, mm. I, I don't like being the bigger person. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to have to be the bigger person for the rest of my life and, and swallow like mm. my experiences of like you know microaggressions in the workplace, um, being racially profiled and targeted because of the, the color of my skin. Nothing else. Do you know what I mean? Having to worry about whether I'm going to be accepted in a job, whether my hairstyle or my hair yeah. texture is professional enough. Do you know what I mean? Or whether I speak properly and I articulate myself well enough. Do you know what I mean? Or my name, the spelling of my name means that I may not even be looked at as a candidate in a business. Like, nah, fuck that. I'm not forgiving no one. When you start yeah. hiring us and treating us as an equal in society, action first and then forgiveness second. Because we've been forgiven and we've been taken on chin for too long. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on your page still. Yeah. Because there's one thing talking in it saying, yeah, I want to change, I want to change. And it's another thing doing it. Doing exactly. it. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, just take your head out of your ass and actually change. <laughs> That's my point. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sapruna, you wanted to talk about self-care at this time and responsible sharing on social media. Yeah, so I feel like when this all started, especially George Floyd's death and sharing that video, to me, irresponsible sharing is not putting a trigger warning, trigger warning before 
you're like showing a video of this and mm. it's quite careless in my eyes and I feel like right now we're seeing stuff on social media casually but sometimes we're not actually deep in how traumatic it is especially for black people mm. and especially for people who've actually experienced racism themselves like it's triggering and seeing mm. these things is is not actually normal and it's not helpful when people are posting it everywhere without even letting them know okay you're about to see something like that could really really harm your mental health and I know like a lot of things could be overwhelming right now on social media I know it is for me and I, I know people want to raise awareness and, and stay informed but I think it's also okay to take a break once in a while yeah. and just take care of yourself because the things that we're seeing especially for black people is is something that can affect us to our core. And some ways that you can do that is, for example, just putting a trigger warning before you show these videos, spreading awareness, but in a way of like information, for example, teaching what white privilege is, what covert and overt racism is, um, sharing petitions, donations. I just feel like that's more responsible and putting it in the right direction. But I don't like, Amelia, how have you been feeling seeing everything on social media? I can't lie, like, Saprina, you know, like, personally as well, um, that I, like, have really, really struggled on social media recently. Mm -hmm. Like, proper... I felt like I was traumatised in all honesty. Of course. Because it's so normalised to see the death of your people and not just, like, that, but also the discussions that people are having in terms of, like, everyone's revisiting memories that they've had to do with, like, racist encounters that they've experienced, particularly within school and you know, just, like, in the world of work. And that kind of resurfaced a lot of feelings that I'd suppressed for a really, really long time about my experiences. And even, like, you know, there were a lot of black girls who actually started to talk about issues to do with colorism and how, actually, like, the black community has a long way to go in terms of, like, kind of like what we were talking about earlier in terms of the fact that you can't talk about black lives mattering if you don't care about your own. I've been subject to colorism pretty much throughout my entire teenage years. So, for me, yeah. like, that was really, really tricky to like mm-hmm. kind of digest all that plus the death um the multiple deaths because it wasn't just the death of George Floyd like I feel like everyone's kind of using his name like, like there were a lot of deaths and we need to say everybody's names mm-hmm. but yeah the multiple deaths of people who were subject to police brutality and the fact that they were filmed kind of half of me feels like okay I really didn't want to see that but the other half is just like how much more is there that's not being filmed yeah and I think that thought really overwhelmed me as well. And so there was times where I had to take breaks off social media and then, like, I'm still expected to submit, you know, these top quality 25 million pieces of work, like, to uni in the middle of not only a pandemic, but a pandemic of racism as well. Amelia, could I, could I say something? There? Yeah. I feel like I've tweeted recently that, like, it's crucial that, like, it's acknowledged that, you should be understanding with black students who request extensions nowadays because they're going through an extenuating circumstance right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're going, they have to submit all of their essays, dissertations, and it's really hard in a time of, of a pandemic and racial upheaval. I don't even know what to call this. Like, is it, <laughs> is it an upheaval? Mm. Like, black students are around the world are struggling to cope like with the pain and the experience trauma caused by another tragedy to their community and are struggling to set aside their anger to concentrate on anything else, which includes academic work. Mm -hmm. Um, Linda, have you felt any similar feelings to Amelia? Oh boy, I've been through a 
roller coaster of different feelings, boy. I've felt like um, exactly like, you know, what you were even saying, Sabrina, that it's very difficult to sit there and be watching videos, uh, video after video, with no warning of what I'm about to watch on it. So that's been extremely disturbing. I woke up in cold sweats about five times last week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you said something, Camelia, and I don't know, I'm trying to figure out where it's come from. I got really upset about the fact that black women, and this has got nothing to do with uh, the, you know, the protest about racism. I'm not talking about racism. I'm talking about just within the community, just within mm-hmm. ourselves, like just looking at the way black women are treated. I just got yeah. really upset by it. And I don't know why. And when I watched John Boyega speaking to the people at the protest in London, I just felt really vindicated. I felt like for once, some, someone was telling us, I'm not talking about outside, one, some black guy was telling us in the way we needed to hear it, that we need to treat black women better. And um, I just felt really vindicated for some reason. But that's a separate thing. That's not justifying any sort of racism at all. I'm talking within my family here, these are the issues that we mm-hmm. actually have, if you get what I'm trying to say, within the community, yes. these are the issues yeah. we have, and we need to mm. also deal with these things. When we finish it's talking true. about this, let's talk about this, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And for some reason, I got really upset about about a bit of that. Yeah, I feel like it's been... I think this has definitely triggered the discussion of how black women um, in our community are treated and the role that we play in terms of the support that we give to black men and how often, how so often it's just not reciprocated. And I think that for me and a lot of my friends as well was very, very upsetting. So I feel like the way that you're describing like how it kind of affected you, I felt like I'd built quite thick skin when it came to talking about these issues and then just general issues to do with racism within our whole community and the way we're treated by white people in society. But also that as well definitely added to the weight of what we have to carry. Yeah. And I think... There was layers to it. I don't it. know. It, felt, it feels like there's yeah. layers to it, yeah. Mm. Exactly. Nuruddin, how, how are you feeling? I've tried to be as vocal as I can. I wish I could attend the protest because I do thoroughly mm-hmm. share the same views as everyone that's protesting, but as much can be done behind closed doors um, by actually donating and sharing around yeah. donation pages... Um, I haven't made any GoFundMes, but I made a couple of donations to mm-hmm. the Justice for Shukri Abdi case yeah. um, because her case is very, mm. very... Yeah, I, I can't really talk too too much on it. Like, it, it does get me quite emotional Yeah, because she was a young person who, like, full of life, loved life, and like, her life is taken away and there's nothing done about it when there's a witness who can provide a... Um, viable statement so like things like that as much as the inquests are going on for everyone's justice um i am focused on as many as them as i can and trying to help as many like do my part basically for as many of the cases as i can because right now you can't just sit back and carry on with life as you normally do I beg you, bro, just anyone who's hearing this right now, just do something, innit? Linda, I just wanted to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thank you, Linda, so much. It's always good to talk to you. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thanks for letting me come back. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for listening to Vent Weekly. And thanks a lot to Linda for coming on. For listeners, we've included some useful resources for supporting the Black Lives Matter movement in our show notes. This episode was produced by the Vent Production Team. 
Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Marid Majid, and Ollie Adlington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 